Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Preseason week one is in the books. And um, there, there's money to be won. There are facts and uh, figures and things to be gleaned from week one of the preseason. As much as we make fun of it for uh, for not really counting for the players playing in these games to not really, for most of them, aren't going to be factors in the regular season, really significant factors. Um, there's still gold in them there, Hills. And, um, and uh, by gold, I mean gambling money's to be made. And to talk about that right now, joining me on the program, as he does each and every week at this time, uh, you can find him on pregame.com. You can find him on Twitter at Fezzik Sports. And um, and you can uh, also uh, find him here on Sunday evenings at about this time. Steve Fezzik joining me on CBS Sports Radio. Fez, how did week one of the preseason treat you? Went uh, six and four now in the preseason. And I got to be honest, Sean, my wins were all like close nail biters and my losses were bad losses. So I am extremely fortunate to be sitting at six and four. Um, some games did not go according to form for me. So if there were a column for you for point differential, you know, like point, points that you were off of the spread in terms of your wagering, you're one of those teams that won like a lot of last-second field goal kind of games, but you got destroyed in your losses. Yeah, based upon like Pythagorean theorem of right. sports betting, I did horrendously, including having – being on the Lions, and I got to be honest, I got think I got a little overconfident. So I bet the Lions plus two. They go up to a two and a half point favorite. I even see them go up to minus three. And it's easy to say, oh, you know, how smart am I and how easy it is to win a preseason betting. But the bottom line is, it's not easy to win in betting. And most of the time, even in preseason, when you see a line really move and you're getting at it late, it's almost always wrong to be betting it. Yeah. So. So the the trend with preseason Fez is it feels like week one is just becoming sort of a souped up version of week four, where a lot of these guys, the front line guys, I know at least for the team that I cover here in Houston, they didn't play. You know, JJ Watt, Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, Wolf Fuller, all of, like they didn't play. It was really like it looked like a souped up week four game for the most part. Um, how does that affect uh, folks like you that are looking at the preseason as a money making opportunity? Well, I got to tell you, week two. Moving forward here, historically, I guess the theme of week one, let me finish week one, yeah. is that the coaches that care about preseason continue to care. So Minnesota Zimmer, Seattle's Pete Carroll, Oakland's Gruden, and of course, Baltimore's Harbaugh, who's now won 14 straight games and won convincingly. Um, I would argue that those guys are just stay away from you. Either bet on them or you pass. Um, and I think there's other coaches like Quinn in Atlanta, like uh, McVeigh for the Rams that I clearly just don't care about preseason. So that would be my theme of, of week one is that quarterback, I'm sorry, quarterback rotations, I think take a backseat to just coaching tendencies because week one is like you mentioned, is such the throwaway week that if a coach historically cares or doesn't care, it seems to magnify in week one. Steve Fezzik joining me on CBS sports radio. Is there anything specific or maybe a little more granularly that you pulled away from this particular week one of the preseason, Fez? 
Well, it sure seems like scoring was up. Um, and in particular, the games that I watched when the number one quarterback was playing, like you look at Kansas City, you just go right through um, Cincinnati. You look at Baker Mayfield and Cleveland, just march right down the field. Darnold, of course, and Jones. And so you've got to wonder what the um, the totals are going to be like during the regular season in the NFL when the offenses already are ahead of the defenses. What do you think of the new pass interference rules, Fez, just in general? And then from a – I mean, is there any sort of effect on uh, handicapping maybe if there's coaches out there that, that aren't so good at using their challenges? I know it's nothing that's going to swing the spread of a game by a point or anything like that is my guess. But just how – the because we've seen a lot of coaches use their challenge flag so far in week one just to sort of test the waters to see how the league is going to administer this thing. What are your thoughts on that? Well, the more options you have, the more it's going to benefit the better coaches, of course. But i, I got to be honest with the pass interference. There's holding, there's pass interference seemingly on every play. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me, and when I say pass interference, there's contact. Let me redefine that. So I think you're going to see a whole lot of the play stands is called when, when a challenge flag gets thrown where – I just don't think that the refs are going to overturn very many calls at all. However, it gets called in the field is how it's it's going to stand. Fez, if this Antonio Brown stuff were going on, and it wasn't the preseason, that these were real games that were being played where we knew who was going to play and the teams were using their stars, if this type of thing were going on in the regular season, how would this be affecting your handicapping of the Oakland Raiders? Yes, well, it's already impacting my handicap because of the distractions. and It's not good to have distractions, especially when you're already distracted by hard knocks and an upcoming move to Vegas next year. So not good at all. Antonio Brown worth one point to the Las Vegas line. Um, but um, with each passing day, he becomes less important because he doesn't have time to work with Carr, of course. So um, lots of reasons not to like the Raiders, including their uh, horrendous schedule. You know, their next three games, Sean, preseason are all on the road. I think this could be a long year for Oakland. Steve Fezzik joining me on CBS Sports Radio. You can find his work at pregame.com. Um, Fez, you're in Vegas. Like, What's the excitement level right now over the Raiders getting there eventually? Oh, off the charts. We embraced the Golden Knights. And just even in the suburbs, you're driving around and you're seeing bumper stickers with Raiders and, and just love of Raiders. I got I to gotta be honest. The Raiders historically have been my least favorite of all the NFL teams, largely because I think I've won the least amount when I've tried to make money betting on them. And just bonehead plays, bad penalties, a commitment to losing. So, um, but what I think doesn't matter, this town is Raider crazy, Sean. Oh, that's wild. Are people making trips up to Oakland just to kind of scope things out before they get there, Fez? No, no. They're just, everyone's following the team. The local paper, it's, it's certainly, the team is being covered like they've already moved here. I mean, front page articles every day on the Raiders. Yeah. Steve Fezzik joining me on CBS Sports Radio. Um, so, Fez, I've, I've thrown it out there to the listeners tonight to give me some of the teams that they like, that, you know, their strongest plays when it comes to season win totals or just teams they feel real strongly about. So I, I want to ask you, in terms of teams that maybe underperformed or weren't very good last year, what's a team or two that you think are going to make the biggest leaps in improvement this year? Well, if you would have asked me a week ago, I would have said the 49ers, but now – all kinds of injuries are hitting the 49ers. So I'm going to go ahead and scale back from that. Um, I'm trying to think of a bad team, Sean. Uh, you know, I would have said the Bengals, and then the Bengals have two linemen go down on them. So all the teams that I was optimistic about 
I am no longer as optimistic about. And, you know, of course, Cleveland, but I mean, everyone is, is on Cleveland to, to perform against versus expectations. I really don't have um, maybe, you know, the Vikings, I hate to use them because they went 8-7-1 last year, but in Zimmer, I trust, I think the Vikings are going to bounce back and um, be a division contender, and um, over nine looks good for Minnesota. I'm asking this for the benefit of my guys up in New York who keep me on the air up there, Fez. What do you think of the Jets this coming season? You know, I really don't know because Darnold wasn't very good last year, and he was bad on the road, and it really depends upon – his development as a quarterback. If he plays well, the Jets will win eight or nine games. And if he doesn't show much improvement, they'll win six or seven. So it's all contingent upon the quarterback. Steve Fezzik joining me on CBS Sports Radio, pregame.com, one of the premier handicappers uh, anywhere. Um, What do you think of this new Brady contract, Fez? And if you had to, we're often talking about handicapping games and seasons and things like that for teams. Maybe something a little less quantifiable, just a, a person's decision. If you had to handicap the Tom Brady uh, arc over the next few years. How do you see it playing out, especially in light of this contract that he just got? Yeah, what contract? I still can't understand it. He goes up to he makes nineteen million this year, and then both sides can void it. Um, so there's the numbers really don't mean anything after this year. Um, I think he'll free fall downward. The there's a long history in the NFL. And I actually went and looked, shot at all the guys who played after age 40, and I couldn't find any success stories. Even the, like the George Blandas of the world, you know, they stopped throwing passes after age 42, even if they kept playing quarterback. And, um, of course, Favre and um, Peyton Manning just dropped off the cliff at 39 and 40. They went from MVP candidates to out of the league two years later. So, um at some point, it absolutely has to catch up to Brady. He wasn't throwing the ball downfield nearly as much. I think that New England's going to have an outstanding year, but it's not going to be because of Brady. Yeah, I guess the only one I can think of in recent years that like, still by like 43 and 44 years old was slinging it pretty good was Warren Moon. He took it into his 40s pretty decently, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, I, I did look him up, and he did have – Warren Moon is somewhat of the exception in that he had a fine year at 41. You're correct. But at 42, he – um, had uh, regressed greatly, and I think he played only a couple more games after that. So even Moon at 42, despite being really good at 41, was no longer the same quarterback. Along those lines, Fez, how are you feeling about Drew Brees this coming season? <laughs> Drew Brees at 40, and, and he is not a, um, a kale infusion for breakfast 40. He's a real oh. 40. So I have major concerns, especially the way he was playing at the end of last year. Was that age? Was that injury? Combination of both concerns about Drew Brees. He's a jambalaya and uh, uh, Cafe Dumont beignets 40, right? You live in New Orleans. You live in New Orleans. You got to eat the food, right, Fez? I go, I'll go and look those up on the internet and see what trust the heck you're talking about. Just yes. trust me, Fez. Jambalaya and beignets from Cafe Dumont. I want to hit a couple other older quarterbacks before we get out, Fez. What about Philip Rivers? I think Rivers will be absolutely fine, and um, they're so deep at running back, I'm not even worried about Melvin Gordon. Someone... Melvin Gordon's agent's got to tell him he's not going to get more than $10 million, and he's yeah. got to get back into camp. And Ben Roethlisberger? Uh, you know, Roethlisberger looks like he has just been banged around so much over the years. 
Um, but I think Roth, Big Ben's only 37. I think that he's fine and good to go, um, at least for one or two more, more productive real good La- years. Last one on the Steelers before I let you go, because Antonio Brown's been such a big talking point. As you handicap the Steelers this year, do you look at Brown and, to a lesser extent, Le'Veon Bell not being there as addition by subtraction, or do you downgrade them because, obviously, they're being replaced by less talented players? Um, pretty much an offset. So I downgrade it because you lose the talent. Obviously, Juju Smith-Schuster is a really good number one wide receiver. You could make the case he was the number one wide receiver last year because he was so good. But I mean, yeah, AB was such a great talent and, and by all accounts prior to this year, you know, worked really hard and wasn't, you know, a, a bad clubhouse guy except for, you know, his interactions with his quarterback. So um, I think it, it really isn't going to impact the Steelers so much and frankly the Steelers it's nice that they can have a camp without any distractions this year that's got to be good for them yeah no doubt at Fezzik Sports on Twitter pregame.com is where you can find him as well Steve Fezzik joins me each and every week anything on the way out the door Fez um let's go New York Giants under six wins you know the more I look at this Daniel Jones won't be ready even though he looked great in his first preseason game what what do we think Halloween he takes over for Eli Giants are going to go four and twelve Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.